the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 700-1134. The following program is sponsored by Grace Church, Dumfries, Virginia. Grace Church, real people, real lives. Grace Church, real lives, real change. Grace Church, real people, real lives, real change. Hello, and welcome to Grace for Today with Dr. Derek Greer. To hear this message and much more from Dr. Greer, visit us online at gracechurchva.org. Here's Dr. Greer. For the Lord, your God, will bless you in all your harvest and all the work of your hands, and your joy will be what? He wants us to have overwhelming joy, even in the, the, the old uh, covenant. Three times a year, all your men must appear before the Lord, your God, at the place you choose. And then he, he said a couple of things, and then he said in verse uh, a little further down, no man should appear before the Lord, what? Empty handed. Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord has blessed you. But how are they to do this? Joyously. Joyously. The New Testament says, don't give begrudgingly or out of compulsion. But he loves a happy what? Hilarious giver. You oil your giving with joy. Did you hear that? You oil your giving with joy. If you don't do it joyfully, it's not going to be so anointed. In other words, it's joy that anoints your giving. Are you tracking with me? Joy anoints your giving. So if you want God to bless what you sow, do it joyfully and God will anoint it. All right. Let's keep going. Psalms 19.8. The word of God in your heart brings joy. Let's look at some of the places joy comes from. It says, the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the what? Where does joy come from? The word of God. The precepts of God. See, the word of God is not just this heavy yoke because Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, right? It is something that's supposed to bring you buoyancy and lift you up and bring joy. Matter of fact, Jesus looked at the crowds and he's like, man, the Pharisees and them, they put a heavy uh, yoke on the people's neck. And he said, y'all didn't even lift a finger to help them. He was upset by the joylessness of the people because of the religious leaders who were also joyless themselves. Why do you think Jesus was comfortable eating with sinners? Sinners are not attracted to angry. Well, they're attracted to anger because they're in anger. But let me just say, they, they, like, they like happy events. They like happy people. Sinners, you, you, you mean they have fun. Are you hearing me? It's the church that gets confused on that issue, right? But the Bible said Pharisees were repulsed by him, the religious folk, but the sinners wanted to eat with him. Why? Obviously, there was a buoyancy about Jesus. There was something that makes you want to be in his presence. We understand that joy is contagious, so we want to be around joyous people. Angry, stiff, no, no, no. People, you, 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 if you're trying to be happy, you try to avoid them. Unless you're broken inside, you're going to be repelled by angry, upset people versus, you understand, joyous uh, people. Hope I said that right. You know what I meant. Psalm 16, verse 11. The presence of the Lord brings joy. Where does joy come from? The presence of the Lord. But we also will see that the presence of the Lord must bring hope. So do not sat- see people get said, I feel them. So I need more than a feeling because the feeling will fade. I need a word. 
I need something to hold on to, something that will stay with me, stick with me. You know, just using the relationship between a man and a woman. When they come together, not only do they feel something, God gives them the feeling, but if stuff is exchanged, the seed and the egg will remain and something will begin to grow inside. You hear me? So in God's presence is my spirit. Hopefully there's something growing inside of me to prove that we were together. Are you hearing me? So we want hope to come out of the presence. So now listen, please don't mishear me because people go to the extreme saying, well, it's not about emotions. Listen, God cares about emotions. He created our emotions. He wants me to even use my emotions rightly, but just not be controlled and dominated by them. Sometimes I need to cry. Sometimes, frankly, I even need to hear a song that pricks that emotion that I've been pushing down so I could cry it out and then be okay. So understand it because that's what David does in the Psalms, okay? Understand that. There's, there's a place for that. But also understand that after I get my emotions okay, hope's supposed to spring. There's supposed to be a transaction because of his presence. I mean, you know, lay down with dogs, you get fleas. Lay down with God, you're supposed to get hope. Right? Amen. So when we get in his presence, you're pressing in for more than just a feeling. You're pressing in for information, knowledge, understanding, things that will carry you when you don't feel what you're feeling at that particular moment. Psalms 21 and 6. Surely you've granted him eternal blessings and made him glad with the what? Joy of your what? His presence brings what? So if it brings joy, it must also bring hope. So the next time you're in the presence of God, sometimes you only get, you have not because you ask not. You only get, you know, the ceiling, your expectations are sometimes your ceiling. And he's saying, listen, reach for more. Say, God, in this moment, I need hope for my child. In fact, there's this young girl I've been praying for for a whole week. And the Lord finally spoke to me. And uh, he told me, the girl, she's going to go straight for a while. But because of her mother's prayers, Mama, if you're listening to me, this is for you. Because of the mother's prayers, God was going to turn her life around. But he didn't say in five days, five minutes. He didn't say six months. But because of the mother's prayer, he's going to turn this girl's life around. And what she's gone through and what she's done was going to become her testimony. And God was going to use this young lady in the future for his glory. You see, once I got that answer, I stopped praying for the young lady. It's just left alone. You see, well, what type of God is that that speaks to her? I, I spoke about this on Sunday. What did he say to Peter? He said, Peter, man, your fa- you know, your face's going to, I mean, you, 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 you're going to be sifted like wheat, man. But, uh, you know, I pray for you that your faith will not fail. You, know, you may fail, stuff may fail, but your faith, that your faith will not fail. And then when you come back, strengthen your brethren. Uh, but nonetheless here, uh, in Psalm 30 and verse 11, we find joy is our new uniform. It's not only something God wants in us, he wants it even on us. And what's wonderful about clothes is you can lend it to somebody. And you get enough joy on you, you can get it on someone else. You turn my wailing into dancing. That's why sometimes we need to be exuberant and not so reserved. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with what? Who does this? God. This is God's design, God's intent, God's will. Let's keep moving. Psalms 33 and 1. Joy is proper protocol. Hear me. Joy is proper what? You did not get sad in the presence of a king. In fact, the cupbearer got sad and uh, he approached the king and he knew he took his life in his own hand. Does anyone know what his name was? Nehemiah. It's in the Bible. You did not approach the king with sadness. Why? Because if you get the king in the bad news, the whole nation's in trouble. 
If he starts going off and throwing javelins and, man, he could kill everyone in the neighborhood, it was serious. So you want to make sure you bring the right thing into the king's presence. So uh, he released the right thing. It says here, sing joyfully to the who? You righteous. It is fitting or it's protocol for the upright to what? You don't come into his presence without praise. That's why we praise him before we get into the word, because it's proper protocol. It's kind of like we keep using the, the base. Well, it's not so base. God created this thing, but the analogy of a man and a wife. I mean, if you don't say nothing good or don't do it, say, you know, how are you going to consummate the thing? You, you got to work. You, got, you understand? You, it's, it's, you get it all. It starts in the kitchen, right, before the bedroom. And, and before you get that word, it starts in your kitchen, too, even before you get to the church of praise and worship and expectation with God. And then because of that romance, and God loves romance. That's what the Song of Solomon is all about, romancing with praise. Hear me. Because of all that romance, he releases his word. You, you see the analogy there. It gets released, and your spirit gets full of something it wasn't full of before. It says, praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to him on the string Lord. Sing to him a what? New song. And then it says in what? Shout for joy. It'll get to the place where, you know, when you're first in love, you, you shout. If you won the lottery, you probably shout. And when things get so big on the inside of you and you really have a relationship with God and something's been passed from, from him to you, a shout, it's normal for a shout to be released. So you shouldn't be surprised if we spend a Sunday and people just start shouting. Let's say what they're trying to be Pentecostal, but no, no, we're just trying to be biblical. We love God. And we get excited about him. And it's a place for a shout. We'll shout at a basketball game, a football game. How much more for the King of Kings, Lord of Lords? Amen. Amen. Especially when our team wins in the end. Psalms 100 and verse 2. He says, worship the Lord with sadness, gladness. Come before him with what? Joyful song. This is protocol. This is divine protocol. When you come before a king, worship him. Come before him with singing. Not just singing, joyful singing. Joy comes from the anointing. We're about to discover that. Psalms 44, 45 and verse 7. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, your God. How many of y'all hate wickedness? Okay, this is not y'all, though, okay? It's not y'all. But a problem with many folk is they say they love God, but they don't hate evil. Please hear me. If you want to love God, you got to hate evil, too. He said Job was a man that eschewed evil. He hated it. Some things in our culture I hate. Lot was a man that was vexed in his soul because of the unrighteousness that was going on. He hated certain things, and God delivered him. And we not only need to love God, we need to hate things. Are you hearing me? And if you don't get passionate about your no, your yes is going to be anemic. Are you hearing me? So we need to love and hate, not people, but things. All right. Come before him with what? Joyful songs. Uh, I'm sorry, that was the protocol. Um, we're in 45.7. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the what? Huh. He anoints you with joy. And he likens joy to oil. So do you know that God, now the Bible said you need no man to teach you because the anointing God abides in you. In other words, I'm not teaching you by the flesh. I'm teaching you by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and the Bible says here that you can receive an anointing of joy, just like the anointing of God can prick your heart, convict you, and make you weep and bawl, fall to your face before God. It can also make you laugh hysterically. Amen. It says here that there's an anointing of joy. Now, this scripture was applied to Jesus himself in the book of Hebrews. 
Jesus right now, the Bible says, is anointed with the oil of joy. So after you love Jesus, what ought to be the second thing you got? Love, joy, peace, joy. So there's an anointing of joy on Jesus. You say you're in Christ. What should be on you? We have not because we ask not. Or, or maybe we know not. We, don't, we never understood that joy is there for us. Christ, the anointed one, is ultimately and absolutely anointed with joy. And him and his life brings uh, joy again. Uh, joy should be exuberant and even loud at times, 47 and 1. Sometimes it's quiet, though. Clap your hands, all ye nations. Shout to God with the voice, uh, I'm sorry, with, with cries of, of joy. Psalms 51, verse 2. Why do we lose our joy? Often because we're out of God's presence or sin. This psalm, David had sinned. I think he sinned with Bathsheba. And he says to God, see, he knew where his joy came from. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. He had lost his joy because of what? Sin. When I lose my joy, the first place I look for is, Lord, what's wrong? Where's the block? What's the problem? Where have I erred? And when we think of sin, you're thinking of crazy stuff. Sin is just missing the mark. I mean, I could just be missing it in loving my wife, and God said I had enough. I could just be missing it on my priorities, and God's saying I had enough. And the Holy Spirit withdraws, and I sense the Spirit at a distance, and all of a sudden I don't have the joy, the buoyancy I used to. Stuff that used to didn't bother me now bothering me. Everything's getting on my nerves because God's and I are distances. You understand? And that sin has separated us. Why? Because he's holy. But when I deal with that thing that God wants me to deal with, joy comes again. Sometimes I have to send my son to his room. It's not a happy time. But when he deals with the situation and the situation is healed, we're having fun once again. Do you understand? So sin can separate us from God. So if you're losing your joy or you lost your joy, it might take a couple of days to get down the list. But begin to deal with the things that separate you from the presence of God. 94 and 19. I have to move very quickly now. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought what? Joy to my soul. Now, we found that the scriptures were consolation, right? Through the comfort and consolation of the scriptures, we have what? Hope. So, he's really saying, your hope brought joy to my what? Yeah. When anxiety was great, he got with God, and it brought joy. So, if you have anxiety, don't get all legalistic. Oh, God, uh, you know, I'm, I'm frowning. I must, you know, no, I, I must not be saved. Or God's mad at me because I'm not happy. Don't go there. Go to God, though. Get the joy that you seem to have lost. Are you tracking? That's why we're going to pray always without ceasing, because stuff pops up. Things happen, so we got to keep going back to him to get the comfort and the encouragement we need. You'll never be joyous apart from God. Some people just say, well, I'm just a happy person. I don't even need joy. The devil's a liar. You're a liar, too. Um, we need God, okay? Real joy comes out of relationship. Nothing more, nothing less there. All right, let's keep moving. Psalms 118, 14. Joy is the experience of the righteous. How many are righteous? Okay, I should have saw all hands go up. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus died that we could become righteousness. righteous. He says, shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. What have people been hearing in your house lately? <laughs> Ouch, right? But uh, joy is supposed to be the experience. So if your experience does not match the word, don't try to change the word. Say, Lord, this, this thing ain't matching. Show me what I need to do to bring it up. And he will show you. He's not going to condemn you. He's going to say, well, this is wrong, this is wrong, or, and this is the right way, walk ye in it. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done 
mighty things. Let's move quickly to the New Testament, John 15, verse 10. Uh, joy is the result of obedience and also trusting God's love. John 15, 10, the words of Jesus. If you obey my commands, you'll remain in my what? Love. So obedience is, is part of remaining in him, right? Just as I have obeyed my uh, father's commands and remain in his love, I've told you this so that my joy may be what? And that your joy may be complete. Now listen, Jesus ever lie? He says that the very joy he had can be in me. And he wants it. This is God's will. So you say, I don't know if it's God's will for me to be happy. Well, it's because you don't know the Bible. It's his will that your joy may be complete. Are you hearing me? I told you this so that my joy may be in you. In other words, as you obey me and remain in my love, or as you have a revelation of my love, love, joy, peace, as you understand that I love you, you're going to be happier. As you understand that I'm for you, you're going to be happier. Are you tracking with me? And then he goes on and says a few other things. Acts 13, 51. Speaking of the, of the disciples, so they shook the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the holy what? Now, what does it mean to be filled with something? It also means to be controlled by. How many of y'all ever been controlled by anger? I know I have. He wants us to be controlled by joy. That's what it means to be filled by joy. But the disciples were not just filled with the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that brought joy. So if you have an experience with the Holy Spirit that doesn't bring joy, you don't have a right experience. It's not biblical. So we need to not just reach for uh, quote-unquote doctrine without the sweetness of Christ. Maybe people say, I know I'm saved because the Bible says, says so, I say, but you're miserable. You missed something there. You understand what I'm saying? The disciples were filled, not just had some, they were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Colossians 1 and 10. Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is praying for the church. He says a few things. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way. Do you know that Paul would not pray for something that wasn't, wasn't possible? We can please God in every way. Say, that's contrary to my religious training. Well, what are you going to accept, your tradition or the scripture? You've got to make a choice here. Say, we can please God in every way. Um, you know, uh, a little baby, he's not perfect. But because that baby's living up to the light that he has and the understanding he has, he's acting age appropriate, you can be pleased with him in every way. Even when my kids get me mad, a lot of times it's age appropriate. Don't even really bother me because I'm like, that's age appropriate. They're supposed to be acting crazy like that. When they get older, they won't do that no more, hopefully. Um, and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. Did you know that's God's will, by the way? And I don't want to hang here. But God wants us to bear fruit in every good work. He says, sometimes it wins, sometimes it loses. No, 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 the scripture says. It's going to follow your judicial, the popular sayings, or what the Bible says. Bearing fruit in what? Every good work. Growing in the knowledge of God. How many of y'all need to grow in that? You sure we do. Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks. And what? Joyfully giving thanks. And what? Joyfully. You see, when you get strengthened with his power, you'll be joyful. He's praying that they'll be strengthened with his power and then joyfully give what? Thanks. See, a lot of times we're giving thanks for, we're trying to give thanks, but, but, but it's not really working because we're operating in weakness. But when we start operating in strength, there'll be a real thanks coming. When we see the dunamis, the, the inner gospel of God, the power of God move, there's a thankfulness and a joy that will rise because of the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. But you see, if you've never seen the demonstration of the Holy Spirit, it's Energos or, or his dunamis or, or his exousia, any of those, 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 those kratos of God, and you never see them, it's going to be a little harder to be happy. So that's why sometimes we dry and shrivel up in our walk with Christ, because we're not really seeing the strength and power of God manifested in our lives. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 1 and 6. 
Joy is given by the Holy Spirit, and it comes when you welcome the word. See, sometimes I preach the word, people walk away mad. Uh, um, I, I don't know how things are going to turn out for you. Now, you might get mad for a moment, um, but you're supposed to get over it. And we, but we're we supposed to walk with You see, the bottom line, even when something strikes me emotionally in a bad way, if, if, if it's God, I need to welcome it. Say, okay, in spite of what I feel, what I think, in spite of the fact that I messed up my whole world, Lord, I'm going to welcome your instruction. That's humility. You understand? You became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering. You welcome the message with what? Joy given by who? Who gives joy? Yeah, I need more joy. See, I'm teaching this to you, but I'm realizing, I'm like, Lord, there's stuff that I never even realized was really mine. This is part of my inheritance. You know, I'm kind of walking around happy, kind of buoyant, you know, but Lord, there's a lot more for me. And I'm sure you're having the same understanding and revelation yourself. It said this joy was given by the what? Holy Spirit, where was it given? In the midst of suffering. So, if you, you know, in this, where we're barely even suffering, the only thing we're suffering is a bunch of temptation and onslaught of the adversary through the media and all the rest of the stuff. But we're not going through a lot of the heavy suffering that much of the, the, the rest of the world is. So if any group should be joy, it should be. That should be easy for us to be what? Joyous. Because the Holy Spirit uh, uh, doesn't really have to do a whole lot of heavy lifting. God's really blessed us uh, in this land. Let's keep moving. First Thessalonians 5 and 16. Joy is our mandate. Hear me now. If you didn't hear, uh, if you weren't able to receive my uh, appeal to you, uh, if you were not able to understand that we're to aspire to this thing, and the only thing you understand is commands, then you've got to receive it now in command form. Joy is our mandate. He didn't say try to be joyful. Hopefully you'll be joyful. He said be joyful always. That's what he said by the Holy Spirit. God wouldn't ask to do something we couldn't do. Does that mean permagrant? No. Please don't take me wrong. Are you just walking around? No. Sometimes you got to weep with those who weep. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it aches. But the bottom line, there needs to be a buoyancy about you. There needs to be something in you that's getting over it. And, and, and you know, you, 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 just, a, just a spirit of optimism and, and a positive faith. You're not just looking at the negative. You're not a pessimist. You understand what I'm saying? Being joyful always. Pray what? Continually. He goes on and says a few more things. Now let's finish out with 1 Peter 1 and 7. And you would have received a whole lot of word tonight. And what has happened tonight, your hope has been more thoroughly laid out for you. Your mind has, has uh, been made aware of the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. Now my prayer is that you flesh out that hope in your living. He says, though you have not seen him, you love him. 1 Peter 1 and 7. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled. And are what? That means controlled. Filled with inexpressible, that means beyond words and bigger than any sermon. And glorious joy. Now, what's a glorious joy? That, that term kabod in, in the Hebrew, and uh, I remember in a moment. But the term means weight. Okay? So he's saying we're to have a weighty and substantive joy. You see, lightweight joy is, is the fleeting joy. I'm happy because I got a car. I'm happy because my wife is smiling. But the substantive joy... Substantive joy is joy that has weight to it. I mean, it's heavier than the heaviness around you. Do you understand? He says, joy full of glory, doxa, doxa is the term in the Greek. He says, he wants us, he says, we are filled with an inexpressible beyond words. It's something you don't even really have to talk about because people can see it. 
and glorious joy, weighty and substantive. You see, silly people are just silly. And some people say they're happy because they're too silly to be, you know, know any different. But he wants us to have a substantive joy, a joy not based off of silliness or foolishness, but a joy based on eternal hope and an eternal weight. You understand? Something that will keep you in the midst of something. This is what we're to be filled with. So when we say we're filled with the Spirit, it's not just a doctrinal truth. It is supposed to be something attended by joy, peace, love, and all the other attributes uh, of the fruit of the Spirit. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And it's a little license here. But in other words, joy is the goal of our faith and brings salvation to the soul. And you can apply it the way I just applied it. But you see, when my soul's depressed, Joy saves it. See, circumstances start beating on my brain. You're not going to get out. It's not going to work. But then you got to hope against hope. Something rises up on the inside, and it counteracts all that stuff that's in my brain. I say, well, I'm just going to believe the word of God. Are you tracking with me? So this joy is not a light topic or just one of those issues that we can talk about one Wednesday and then leave it and let it rest. This joy is supposed to be part of our permanent experience in Christ. And just like we need to grow in patience, We need to grow in gentleness. All of us in here need to grow in joy. And I hope that after today's exhaustive Bible study, you'll look at joy in a new way and you'll begin to apply it and and seek God uh, for your joy to be strengthened in your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Give God a great hand clap for that. We hope you were challenged by today's teaching. You can get your copy of this teaching on our website at gracechurchva.org. You can also subscribe to our website to learn more about Grace Church, and you can get directions, free downloads, and more. Bishop and Pastor Greer also invite you to worship with us here at Grace Church. We are just minutes from Potomac Mills Mall and Quantico Marine Base. We look forward to seeing you here at Grace Church, where we are real people with real lives experiencing real change. Grace Church and Derek Greer Ministries thanks all of our friends and partners for your commitment and loving support. Your giving helps us continue to reach people and change lives all over the world. Join us in the Word again tomorrow here on Grace for Today. Grace Church, real people, real lives, real change. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's Dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.